He is none other than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm going to bring a piece of candy for you to look at. You might be able to take it later, too. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. He could have he given me a forearm shiver there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Long snapping expert Adam Carolla. We don't call ourselves long snapping what, expert. What do we We're, call ourselves? You just say black belt. You don't say black belt <laughs> karate expert. Black belt says it all. Matthew Perry. Our casting director said, "What about Nick Jonas? He's a pretty good actor." And I said, "Okay, great. Someone tell me who he is." <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We have a draft coming up at the end of April. It's going to happen. We don't know who's going to be there, but we just know <laughs> it's going to happen. And uh, the man who's on the phone right now is my first guest. Uh, Peter King, I had hoped I would have you on this podcast after a CBA was struck and we'd talk about what happened in Washington, D.C. and how they came together at the last minute and what this means moving forward for free agency and the draft and the season and whatnot. And yet here we are in the worst labor mess in a quarter century. And uh, before we get to talking about the draft later on in the program, I've got Jake Locker, I've got Marshall Falk, I've got Kara Henderson. I need to t chat with you first, obviously, about how we got here. How did we get to this point in your estimation, Peter? Well, King? Rich, I, I think it's because two, almost two years ago, the players asked for what the NFL felt all along basically was a Trojan horse, these full financials and these, uh, you know, the audited financials that, you know, they now say they would even take redacted, that they would take without team names, without, uh, uh, you know, without names of employees in there and things like that. Uh, but the NFL feels very strongly that, uh, at least as of now, they don't want to give them. And uh, I think that's part of it. I also think Part of it is the fact that, um, you know, this is the first time in a long time, in a long time, maybe ever, that the NFL, in a negotiation with players, has been playing catch-up ball. They started this playing from behind. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different negotiation. The players almost rightfully can sit there and say, okay, you don't want to come up and have a, have a, a cap number and in 2011 of 151 million fine then we're going to stay out and we're going to take our chances in court so i think in a large sense those are probably a couple of the biggest points but but i i would just say this and i've tried very much in monday morning quarterback this week to not be pollyanna mm -hmm. but i do think that uh, on several of the things that were offered <coughs> by management on friday floored me quite honestly they gave up, uh, even though it was going to be an uphill battle anyway, they gave up the idea of having an 18-game season, most likely any time in the, in the next five years. Um, they, uh, they gave something that in my conversations with people over the weekend, I can honestly say this shocked some players let, in the league. Let me guess which one it is. It's it's the third party uh yes. the third party I guess um third party, arbitration uh, of drug yeah, and steroid cases. For, I couldn't for, believe that either. When they showed that yeah. on live television on Friday, we were on live for three and a half out four straight and, hours. So that so that people would understand this, 
just understand that that in everybody remembers what this star caps case this you know when when these players uh were were uh, uh suspended for 4 weeks it's still in the news the because, williams wall in yeah Minnesota. the williams the williams brothers or williams not brothers but the williams Williams is, uh, you know, st- have fought this basically for a couple of years. The fact that they could take a supplement and uh, test positive, and and uh, and the appeal of this case was heard by Jeff Pash. Well, that's like the appeal of a case being heard by the judge who decided in the first place. Why have an appeal? You know what he thinks. So, in a, that was it. And the one other thing I have to tell you, Rich, that I think uh, there there are several older. Uh, veteran players, and and I've only spoken to one about this, but I understand that he sort of mirrors the sentiment. I, I think there was some surprise, even though they don't know the details of the lifetime uh, medical coverage. And and my understanding of this, how it was explained to me, and if if so, it would still be big. It wouldn't be like the first five years you get out of football, a vested veteran has free medical coverage. Everything is covered for the first five years. Well, most players would say, like I just saw Eddie George at the Super Bowl. What difference would it make to him? He's in great shape when he left football. He still looks like an Adonis, Mm -hmm. like he could play, carry it 40 times in a game tomorrow. But his point to me was, I don't need it now. I need it later in my life. But this lifetime medical coverage, the part of it that is so interesting to me is that basically – a player for the rest of his career, rest of his life, would have to, in essence, pay a Cobra-type payment every year. And he would have, there couldn't be any, you know, any, any cancellation of his insurance right, because or, he's, or, had, he's had all these surgeries. Like if Mark Schlereth and his 23 surgeries come in, they wouldn't be able to disallow it. Right, no coverage. rejection for pre-existing conditions. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, you know, I, I think that, is huge because if if I were to tell you that that a player uh, a vested veteran for the rest of his life would be covered by the same medical coverage that he had when he was in the NFL and he needs a knee replace go ahead you you've got the $1500 a year uh uh call it a deductible call it whatever the the, the fee you pay and then after that everything is covered i i mean that that is a remarkable to me concession on the part of the owners. So, I mean, to me, I, I, I think that much of what we saw on Friday, when you, whenever you do see a settlement, those are going to be the terms. Well, the question is, though, obviously, when are we going to get a settlement? And, and the, I guess the overarching question that I'm trying to, to ask and get an answer to from from you and from everybody else to whom I speak about this, because again, fans just want to know when is their football. And I have right. done my darndest to avoid the CBA discussion on this podcast because fans don't, don't want to they hear don't it. Care. They, don't they don't care. care. They don't want to know how the baby's made. They don't know what's yep. in the sausage. They just want to know when the baby's born and when they can have breakfast with the sausage to continue here's the, the, the whole here's analogy. The deal. Rich, here's the deal. Okay. The best way to answer this that I know of right now is every fan out there, uh, should be should be hoping that uh, the NFL uh, that the that the NFLPA gets uh, an injunction so that the uh, doors to and and it's upheld uh, by a three judge appeal panel that probably won't happen uh, till right around draft time or right around May one but if that happens that means that that the league has to operate 
you know, in, under a normal uh, under normal working conditions. So the league year would, in essence, begin. You would have free agency. You would have the possibility of trades. Maybe Kevin Cobb really would go somewhere. Maybe Carson Palmer would. Albert Hainsworth. Who knows? Maybe they'd all go somewhere. But the only way that's possible is for a court to order that business go on as usual, or uh, the lawyers reach some kind of deal, and uh, <laughs> well, to me, that's the which best... is less likely right now. Right. To me, that's the best case scenario, yep. because that means we have labor peace for a long time. The commissioner's mm-hmm. talking about uh, that they wanted a decade-long collective bargaining agreement. They wanted a deal, you're right. So, I mean, that's what would be best for the fans, but I understand the short term that the best chance there is is through a legal system that a judge issues an injunction, and then there's it's upheld, which could take till May, could take till June, who knows? But I guess the the, the question is also is how did we get here again did we get here because this was the first uh walk down the cba aisle between the commissioner and d smith two people who didn't know didn't know each other from adam and neither side trusted one another because uh, to me it's the the name of this podcast is the open the books podcast because i'm opening my book later on people don't know it's just not my financials but it's my book but the whole question is though peter why isn't there any trust from either side? Where are we going to get this trust? How can it be built? Because George Cohen sure couldn't build it in two and a half weeks. Yeah, I just, I don't think that that trust is really going to happen unless the players see the redacted financial statements. If they, for, if they get an agreement without the owners giving up the financials, they'll have an agreement and they'll play for the foreseeable future, but there won't be trust. I think there has to be that, or else players are always going to say, we still have no idea what they're making. For all we know, Jerry Jones made $75 million last year, and Daniel Snyder made 70 even though they didn't have good winning years. The only, I believe the only way that trust happens is if they get to see the financials. But the league would say they offered it. Is that they not all, true? Here's what or, they offered. What, what, yeah, the what's the story behind this? Exactly. The league offered... Um, which I think a lot of people would accept. The league offered um, the opportunity for for the the players to see basically 32 numbers. You know what was at the bottom of every of all 32 teams' financial statements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and their point is that you know we appreciate being offered that, and I'm exaggerating, but yes, <laughs> uh, they, they 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 don't think that they can see those numbers in a vacuum, even if it's five years of those numbers, because they don't know what it includes. They don't know, for instance, you know, how many, uh, you know, how many, uh, you know, how many employees are there in the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Like, like, for instance, it was explained to me in a bunch of different ways, but suppose that, that one team, you know, is spending $12 million on marketing and another team is spending $750,000 on marketing. Who's right? Who's wrong? Does it lead to money? They, they want to know. In essence, they want to know how teams are spending their money. And the reason why uh, the NFL is so, um, you know, is so aghast at this is they don't want – I mean, Jerry Jones doesn't want to know – or Jerry Jones doesn't want Dan Snyder to know he's spending money. So he'll be darned if he's going to show DeMora Smith how he's spending money. Right. And uh, so – 
And the only reason why, because the previous CBAs, the unions never seen this information and they just had a CBA that couldn't have been more uh, successful for the union. The the question is, is why ask for it now? And I guess the answer is, well, ownership's never asked for a billion off the top to start off a negotiation. Do you think that that ask by ownership, whenever it happened, a while ago, whenever it happened, just spoiled the 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 uh, the waters, just just really poisoned the attitude of of the union to the point where it broke trust irrevocably and we saw it finally come through with litigation on Friday? Yeah, I mean, Rich, that's a really good question. I think that um, although the NFL is certain that they just wanted to decertify, uh, you know, that, that they – you know, they were a Hail Mary pass. You know what, though? I mean, we, we know both sides, though. N- nobody wants labor Armageddon, right? I mean, it, it just no, seems to me does, it just but... seems to me that, you know, that 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 both, you know, you know, Breeze and Saturday and all those guys and the folks who run the I don't know the guys who run the union very well, but I also know management. I don't think management was dead set on locking them out and the union was dead set on going to to, to uh, litigation. I think there had to be a deal somewhere. There had no, to be and one. I think that's why. See, I, I really believe that if they had 24 more hours. You think so? I think if they had 24 more hours, uh, there was going to be a good chance that a deal would come. Oh, now, man. I don't think it was a great chance. I mean, I don't think it was 80%, but I think it would have been 40, 60, 50, 50, because the NFL moved a lot on Friday. I just think in a lot of ways, as, as Jay Feely told Mike Florio the other day, there wasn't really very much time to digest all that. So give and, so so then why not why not buy the time? Were they just I, I so ticked? They were just know. so ticked because, off at that point in time. I think it's did. because the players were, were, were really angry at that time. Um, whether their anger was justifiable or not, I don't know. Right. But um, the players were very angry, and I just think that they weren't in a mood to wait anymore. If there wasn't going to be a deal proposed, that they would just flat out take in. And one of the other problems is really, I mean, the players have this, have this, uh, you know, have this, have this level of the first year of the cap that they wanted 151 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and they have not budged on it. I've heard in a long time that that's that's their number. And so I think the fact that even though the NFL got to 141 and there's some, you know, there, there, there are some X factors involved in that anyway, but even though they got to 141, I just don't think that the NFLPA thought at that time that they would get to 151, and so why bother doing it? All the other non-economic things are close, but unless the NFL gets to 151, we're just not going to do it. And now, now we're just seeing all the sniping. Now, now it's getting nasty. You yep. know, I mean, uh, calling Jeff Pash a liar. I mean, they just call him flat out liar, and in and, and many different cases. And you know, the league, uh, uh, George Martin, he he is uh, he's putting Demora Smith on full blast right now, and it's just yep. uh, it's ugly. How is there any way to tone down, or or, or we're just there until April? Well, I 6th. thought it was. You know what I thought was the most interesting thing yesterday. You know, we had uh, a few reporters had uh, uh, Kevin Mawai and uh, Jeff Saturday right. and, uh, and Drew Brees on a conference call. Uh, and I was, I, I, at first I was aghast when Drew Brees 
started basically ripping the owner's proposal. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing new and not any good or what, I, whatever it is that he said. I mean, it was, but it was all like, why bother? Right. And and I'm saying to myself, you know what? I, I, now I'm thinking back to 1987 because that was the, the the last really big time. Now there were other negotiations, but even in 2006, I don't think the NFL gave as much and came up from one proposal to another as much ever since I, in the 27 years I've been covering the league than they did on Friday. Hmm. And to say that the proposal is laughable and, and you know, a non-starter or whatever it is, I just, I just said that, you know, at first I, I, you know, I had my eyebrows are raised, but then I realized, listen, you're never going to hear a player say that was, that was good, something that they did. Uh, and you're never going to hear management say, oh, yeah, yeah, boy, I'll tell you what, the players are being really reasonable. You're not going to hear that because that statement will end up in court. And now I guess I'm going to have a competing show on draft day. It looks draft like you night. might. What, it looks is, like you might. What is this script I mean, that you were talking about on Tuesday about? Yeah, the, the I uh, I wrote this thing that the that basically the uh, you know the the the, the, the entity formerly known as the NFLPA. It's, <laughs> it's like, like Prince. Prince yes. Um, maybe they should have is, just a symbol. They should just be known as a symbol now. Yeah, it's like Prince. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe the dollar. Dollar sign. Sign. <laughs> That was it. Yeah. But um, nice. what's going to happen is. Uh, what they're thinking about doing, and I'm told that it, this is probably going to be their plan, is that they'll set up shop uh, about a mile away across town over at a hotel in Times Square, and they'll have as many of the players who would come, who'd be drafted in the first round, they'd have them uh, at, at that hotel. They'd, they'd offer, the oppor- offer the opportunity to be covered by the media and televised by whoever would want to. Mm-hmm. And then they would have veteran players from all the teams who have picks in the first round. And they'll have veteran players from those teams congratulating their new draft choices uh, when they get picked. And, and, I, and as I said in my column, I said, so imagine if Blaine Gabbard gets picked by the uh, – uh, Carolina Panthers number one. Well, he goes up and shakes hand with the guy who will be throwing the ball to, uh, Steve Smith, and the guy who will be blocking for him, Jordan Gross. And who would be in the audience? Just uh, just members I of guess, the PA or family? I don't. Or I don't know. I guess players. I, who knows? Maybe they'll open it up to fans. You and, never know, right? And and so in in essence, uh, every first round selection announced by the commissioner uh, would be a show of unity on part of the the union. That would be so unique because it's never happened before. The union, the media would clearly cover it. And that would be a way to, I guess, remind fans that this is what's going on. Is this part well, of the PR battle? Also, is that what that is? Or uh, I'm just trying to. Really, I think, I think, Rich, what it is, it's, it's players who have a future in the NFL mm-hmm. respecting the fact that the guys who they're going to be teammates with do and who they're going to be competing against do not want to see them being all chummy and buddy buddy with the commissioner of the league because this is the guy who they're you know in in competition with now to get uh, to get a labor agreement and this is the guy who in their mind is locking them out of their ability to do their job so you know if 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 um, if Blaine Gabbard and Patrick Peterson and all those guys go in essence, it'll be helping the NFL put on their TV show. How do you think fans would receive that? I think fans will be really ticked off at the union. 
very ticked off at the union because all along, all through this off season, you know what fans have been told? You got one thing, one thing as normal. The draft. And that's the draft. And now it'll be abnormal. But, I mean, well, they'll still have the one draft. night for one night, I guess. Yeah, they'll still have the draft. And it'll just, it'll be weird. I think it'll be really compelling television. I still think people will go to Radio City and be very interested in that and get excited about it. But I also think there will be an eye across town, if indeed this is what happens, you know, on the new, uh, you know, on the new players. Let me ask a question. If if whatever revenues the league is taking in during a lockout, the players association is not uh is not entitled to? Uh you know what I mean? Like cuz I imagine the draft will well, yeah. you know they don't charge admission, so there's no there's no money. I'm just well, asking us off I'm the top sure of my head right now cuz I'm sure that it, at some point there's going to have to be a rapprochement. At some yeah, point. Right. I mean, Peter, you and I are not going to go through the rest of our lives without National Football League football being played, right. which is not going to happen. At some point, whether a judge is knocking people's heads together and forcing lawyers to get in a room or an injunction comes. I mean, something's at some point, you know, the NFL is right about this. It's going to have to come together in a negotiating room at some point, at some point. Right. I mean, because uh, yeah. unless uh, with all the legal experts that we've had on our air, nobody said that a judge is going to rule in favor of one side and come up with the rules by which the NFL is going to be under which the NFL will be played. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. both sides are going to have to come together. Right? They will. And uh, you know what, Rich? I'm. I'm again. I'm going to be Mr. Naive here. It'll happen. Um, and when I left Washington last week, I thought that there was a chance and a pretty good chance that games would be missed. I don't think that way anymore. Because I just, after analyzing the offer and talking to people over the weekend, I just think the offer's too good, relatively speaking. I know it doesn't have everything the players want, but, you know, they're acknowledging so many of their concerns. You know, the offseason is way too long. It's become an arms race, as I said in Monday Morning Quarterback. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, they're going to lop, and and they might do more, but right now they have offered to lop off. Yeah, I saw that without without adding games. Five weeks. Without adding games in the yeah. regular season, too. Yeah. That's significant. I, I, I think it is, too. And that's why, you know what, I really thought, Rich, that when, you know, I was out to dinner Thursday night uh, out in Washington on the sort of on the Georgetown border, right not, not far from where the, uh, the negotiations were taking place. And, um, sure, you know, just after midnight, it was Roger Goodell and Jeff Saturday right. sitting at a table in the bar. And I thought... Okay. Like when everybody else was very negative Friday, I didn't report anything about it at the time, but I, I thought at the time that, uh, that okay, uh, until they walk away, I'm not going to believe they're walking away. You know, I, and they ended up walking away, but I do think that there was, them two being together at that time mm-hmm. meant to me that it's not over. And, and it also means to me that no matter what words are actually spoken right now, it's not. I mean, I've seen it worse in NFL labor history, believe me. Yeah, well, it strikes during, uh, during a, a playing season certainly would rank higher than this. And all that's yeah. being missed right now is just a delay of free agency. That's all it is right now. And yeah, that's really okay. all it is right now. And then, well, then I shouldn't say that because workers are being furloughed. That is that is wrong of me to say. So yeah. it, it, people's lives are being affected, and it's only going to ratchet up at that point in time. But, yeah. you know, what What were the commissioner and Jeff Saturday talking about? I mean, they certainly weren't talking about each other's families. For I would bet. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that. Uh, but I would bet that 
that the commissioner was running by some of the things that he was intending to do. How would your people feel about this? How would you feel about this lifetime health care, you know, with this string attached? How would you feel about that? Um, You know, the, 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 the bottom line, I think, is that there was, I thought there was going to be enough on the table. I kept thinking there would be a one- or three-day extension. Yeah. Um, I, I really did. because Just I think one more time. There, one more sat, time. If they sat there a couple more days, I think the NFL might have made one more offer on transparency that would have been something short of what the NFLPA would have wanted, but I think it might have been good enough. I, I just... I thought that they were close, and that's one of the reasons why now uh, I think they'll continue to to snipe at each other and to really fire mm. at each other. But I do think this is going to get done because again, I mean, you know, again, listen, reading your excellent reporting, Mike Silver too. I mean, he's been he's yeah. been on it, and yeah. and 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 all the NFL Network reporters who were out there, uh, Albert Breer almost had to be arrested for vagrancy in front of the yeah. uh, mediation yeah. center you know, for two and a half weeks. Kara Henderson will be on the program later on as well. It just seemed that, that, that all that reporting, the players just got so pissed off. They yeah, felt disrespected right. and angry. So the question is: is if the commissioner did tell Jeff Sat? I mean, this is complete. Obviously, uh, uh, speculation. But if if he did tell him run this stuff by him, and Jeff Saturday went back to the, his people and said, "This is what the you know Rogers said." I mean, where was the disconnect? Where, why did they get so angry being made to wait? You know what I'm saying? That that's that's where to the point where they hit they hit the reset button. They hit the 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 the, uh, the litigation button. That and 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 giving the NFL the right to say you walked away. I mean, the video itself backed it up. I mean, we followed the, the, the PA walk from the mediation center, literally walk to their building. Now, so why, why not just one more bite at the apple? That's what a lot of fans are wondering right now, too. You know? Yeah, and I think it's a really good question. But I think it's, this is one of those all is fair in love in wartime. Right. And I think that there's going to be more... There's going to be more anger. There's going to be more crap going on. But I, I think I do think at the end of the day that that offer on Friday will be the bedrock of uh, of a new CBA whenever it does. Let's happen. hope so. And and again, I mean, how many people listening to this would would love to sue their bosses in the middle of a dispute? You know, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. only issue is though everybody within the sound of my voice who had the ability to do that probably wouldn't have a job at the end of that litigation. These these players clearly. Uh, are going to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The question yeah, is, you're right. before I let you go, Peter, I want to ask you about the draft. Let's talk a little bit of football. One of the things that you thought you thought in your column to use the, uh, the improper uh, uh, tense of the verb right there is you said, I think I still can't believe Blaine Gabbert will go number one. Why, why is there such a difficulty in buying Blaine Gabbert as a first overall quarterback? I, Gil Brandt put it great to me today when I was talking to him about this, Rich, and he said that, uh, you know, on, on October 15th, people would have looked at him as probably about a second-round pick. He was, you know, he had an okay year and a half as a quarterback at Missouri. But I think what happened is toward the end of this year, he played well, had a really, really good bowl game against Iowa. And he's one of those guys, he's such a, a good guy, he sort of grows on you. And you can see him leading your team. You can see him as a guy you hand the reins to. He's got a lot of Sam Bradford tendencies and, and, and all that. He's just a, a good guy who's, who's worked hard his whole life and, and all that. So 
I, I think people really want to like him. But the big question is, are they going to like him enough? I think there's an asterisk on every quarterback in this draft. <laughs> you know, there really is. There's no lock in, of any quarterback in this draft. So many teams need him. And, Rich, that's the biggest thing. I could count eight teams in the top half of the first round, half of the top half of the, of the first round. You know, you could argue, with the possible exception of the Cleveland Browns, who I think have probably decided on Colt McCoy, half of the first half of the first round need a quarterback. So, you know, these guys, it's a great year to come out. Yeah, I mean, and the interesting thing is, though, is, is if there is an injunction and it's upheld, and 2010 rules are in place, these guys would be able to get paid whatever they want to get paid, right? No question about it. And, you know, because there would be no cap. Mm. But as happened last year, Rich, every team is going to have to know. And this is going to be interesting to see what happens if uh, Namdi Asamo gets out there and his agents, Tom Condon and Ben Dogger, are trying to get him $20 million a year. I think teams, some, most teams might say, well, look, we might run into tr- problem, even though this is a capitalist year. What about the future years? What if there's a salary cap? I can't, I can't put one-sixth of my salary cap into a cornerback. Now, maybe a quarterback, but I can't do it with a corner. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Right, that. and, and um, all the defensive ends out there. Is it, do you think Denver goes with, uh, with, uh, with uh, a tackle or an end? Which one do you think they go at number two? My gut feeling is they'll go with a tackle. I think, I think if, if I'm Denver... And Marcel Darius is not pick number one. That's the guy who I'd want. That's the one that you want. All right, Peter. Oh, one last thing. Tiki Barber. What do you think about that? I know you had a couple of items. You know, uh... my thought is very simple, Rich. Tiki has to be realistic and know that he's not going to get a huge amount of money. He hasn't played football in four years. Who who would pay a a 35, almost 36-year-old guy who hasn't played football in four years a lot of money? So if he can understand that he's going to have to play mostly, uh, if not all, on incentives, why wouldn't a team bring him to training camp? I mean, he was, when he was 31 years old, at age 29, 30, and 31, he was the most durable, productive running back in football, the guy who touched the ball more than any other running back in that three-year period. Touched the ball more and with more production than Adrian Peterson did in the last three years. So why would, you, why would you not even want to give this guy a sniff? I, and I'm not saying to be your running back. I'm saying to be your second or third guy. Yeah, sure. You I'm, know, why not? Why wouldn't he? I think he's a good guy to bring to camp and see what he's got. He'd know all the protections on third down, that's for sure. Sure would. I mean, he, he'd be rock solid in that position. Yeah. Peter, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, you, you think May? You think an injunction? And you think May right after the draft? If you I, I, I think it's most likely that the players get the injunction they want, and it'll be sometime you know, toward the end of April or early May that league business, you know, by law, will have to be uh, revved up again. It's just my guess, but it, that would be my guess. All right. Well, thanks for the time, and congrats on your nephew, Evan, taking the Eagle Scout oh, thanks. this past weekend. It's an incredible story that uh, folks can follow on your, your must-read uh, column every week, the Monday Morning Quarterback on SI.com. He's a good boy. Thank you, Rich. Anytime. Jake Locker, right here in the flesh, in studio. Good to see you. Good. Thanks for having me. I, it's, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here, here at uh, NFL Network. A lot of people thought we would have you in here last year, but you decided to stick around and stay up at uh, 
UW for another year. Looking back, is that the the decision you're, you're glad you made back yeah. in the day? Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Uh, I was able to accomplish a lot of things um, with our football team that, that I had set out to when I signed my national letter of intent. I was able to graduate from the University of Washington. You know, we went to a bowl game, finished third in the Pac-10, and uh, like I said, accomplished things that uh, um, I'll, I'll be able to keep with me for the rest of my life. Then what about you as a quarterback? You're, are you a, a more polished yeah. athlete, you think, now than you were one year ago? Definitely. more confident uh, throughout this process in my abilities and, and making the step to the next level. So I feel really good about that as well. What about Sarkeesian? How did he help you out? With your process? Uh, you know, both him and Coach Nussmeyer, when they came in, the system obviously allowed me to be a little bit more of a drop-back, pro-style quarterback. Um, and it, it put a little bit more on my plate as far as knowledge of the offense, knowing protections and defenses and, and making adjustments at the line of scrimmage. So things that uh, you're asked to do, uh, especially on Sundays, um, gave me um, the ability to do that for a couple of years and, and become more comfortable. Doing what was that it. like for you to have a coaching change right in the middle of your college career? That's a very difficult thing to have thrown on you because you can't control it. You had nothing really to do with it. And all of a sudden, you've got a completely different set of guys that you're now playing for that didn't recruit you. Yeah, it's different. And it's a process that, that uh, is a learning process on both sides. The coaches getting to know the guys that they have there, the players they have, personalities, kind of where they fit within their scheme, and, and the same for players, you know, getting to know the coaches, um, what they expect, um, what kind of work ethic practice is like, all that kind of stuff. Um, getting familiar with each other is definitely part of the process, but I think uh, across the board all the guys are, you know, be thankful for the, the coaches we got. They're great guys. Uh, they care about us as people, um, not just players, and, and uh, they knew the game of football really well. How are you handling the process that you're going through right now through this prism? People are mentioning Gabbert, number one overall. Cam Newton, he won the national championship. He won the Heisman Trophy. Basically, he's got to do his breathe, and all of us in the media are covering how he's breathing, why he chose to breathe that way. Is he going to take another breath in a different way? I mean, that's just the way we're looking at Cam Newton. And you are not one of the first quarterbacks that's being mentioned in this year's draft. How are you handling that situation, Jake? Uh, I'm, that doesn't bother me at all. You know, I, I felt very good about how the steps of this process has gone for me to this point, and I'm really excited about the ones that I have in front of me. And uh, I'm going to just continue to do control what I can, and, and that's being really prepared for those steps and, and having fun with it and enjoying it and, and making the most of this opportunity. And, and then come draft day, see where you end up. You realize me as a member of the media, I have to ask you that question, hopeful that you will answer, I'm pissed off. <laughs> I'm going to go into the pros, and I'm going to take somebody's head off, and I'm going to make sure that they realize that they had a chance to go get me, and they didn't go get me. There's not a little part of you that it feels Oh, yeah. Like that? I mean, you're going to be competitive against the guys that you're going against. But like I said, it's outside of my control. Um, you know, and, and because you're being talked about in the media, because mm -hmm. uh, um, you, you, know, you might be the first person out of somebody's mouth doesn't mean that you're going to be the first one off the board um, come draft time. So... Like I said, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to put myself in the best situation to have success, and wherever that lands me, it lands me. I mean, Brady was 199 overall. Look yep. at him now. Mm -hmm. He's got a ponytail with his wife in, in Brazil, <laughs> a supermodel wife. You know, you never know what your life may lead. Yep. I'm not saying you're going to be, obviously, a, a, you know, a sixth-round pick. You're going you're, you're to be a very high draft pick in that respect. Where, do you, where are you being told where you think you might wind up right now? You know, that's, that's the funny part. You, you don't really, even players don't really get an idea. You, you have workouts you talk to different teams um but but it's teams across the whole broad spectrum of early later mm -hmm. um it just kind of depends so 
um, like I said, uh, it, again, it's outside of your control. I, it, w- no matter what they tell me before, things always change. Mm-hmm. Draft picks change. People trade and move up, move down. Um, so many things happen in, in those two or three days that it's really hard to predict where you're going to go. Who did you uh, speak to at the Combine? Actually, formally spoke to uh, uh, 10 teams, I believe, and then uh, uh, informally talked to pretty much all the rest of them. So right. I, I think I was able to visit with um, every one of the teams there. Who'd you formally meet with? Oh, gosh, you're putting me on the spot yeah. here. Um, so you went in their rooms? Yeah, we, you know, I can't remember. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I can't name any. Are you being coy any. and you don't want to name them? You no, I just, I, I don't want to forget one and, you know. No, I'm not asking you know. for all ten. Give me. Yeah, but, you know, if I give a couple, I don't want a couple to be upset with I me like for it. not giving their names. Okay, so. were the Seahawks one of those teams? This, uh, is, where I'm, this is where I'm going. Uh, no, no. They were not one of those teams? No, I met with them at the Senior Bowl and, okay. and met with them for a while informally as What well. would that mean to hear your name called by the Seattle Seahawks being a, a Pacific Northwest guy? I've grown up there. Obviously, I've lived there my whole life. Went right. to, to uh, school there in, in college and um, you know, have my roots there. But uh, uh, it, it, would, it would be an honor to be able to play in front of the friends and family still. But uh, at the same time, I think... Having the opportunity to play in the NFL is a dream come true for me. So anywhere I end up, I'm, I'm gonna be happy with it. David Dunn has taught you wisely, <laughs> oh young Jake Locker. That's a good answer right there. But Thank I you. mean, like, but did you grow up a big Seahawks fan? Did yeah, you? I mean, you uh, growing up in Washington, that was our, our football team. Who was your quarterback, there. Craig? Uh, Dave Craig? Or did you, yeah, who was your guy? Yeah, the, or am Zorn I, or am I dating myself? I know yeah, Zorn was yeah, there, we, but. Uh, I mean, you're you're only 22 years old. I mean, Zorn was playing there before you were born. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, and and you know, when you're young, you're kind of a player. You mm-hmm. go after whatever your favorite player is. Sure. You play for that. And then I was always a running back when I was young. So okay. I was always a big running back fan. So, uh, you know, we had Ricky Waters there for a while, and he was real good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if I, if I said Kurt Warner, was I be dating myself? No, no. He was like 79 through 82, I think. So, so I, I would be I dating was, myself. You were I not wasn't born yet. yet no. But I, I'm aware of him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're aware of. Kurt I'm aware Warner. of him. Yeah, I know what he did for him. Right. So you were. The, so you the teams you were rooting for were the. Good God, I am dating myself. The mid '90s were basically when you were growing up. You were a young kid. Yeah. You're six, seven years yep, old. Yeah, exactly. And that's the that's the the Seattle Seahawks team that you're, yeah. you're rooting for. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> this is not about me now, but I guess it is about me right now. So uh, okay, so you're a Seahawks fan growing up. And the Seahawks have obviously Matthew Hasselbeck there right now, and they got Whitehurst. But the, a lot of people think that you might be the guy that they 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 pull the trigger on, and the, the little the little Jake Locker in you wouldn't be doing cartwheels over something like that. Obviously, you want to, you're excited to play in the NFL, and yeah. whichever team gets you, exactly. you're going to be heart and soul. I get it. Yeah, I understand. But just you know, I mean, if I was a baseball player like you are as well, and the New York Yankees chose me, I'd be it'd be a dream come true for me. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, one of the big reasons I chose to go to college at Washington, have the ability to, to play in front of my friends and family. Right. And, uh, you know, it's different now, this process, because you don't have the ability to pick where you're going to go or right. choose where you're going to go. Um, but, uh, you know, to be able to end up there, yeah, it would it would be really cool to have the opportunity to play in front of the family and friends again. And you have mentioned baseball is on the back burner, correct, for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing football. You're a 10th-round draft choice by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, yeah. correct? I have to choose I have to, you know, choose my words wisely around here, these parts. So the Angels draft you 10th tenth, uh, tenth round, but you're, you're, you're a football guy. Yep. Yes, that's, a, that's a yep. good idea. That's a great that's a good. Well, listen, I'm not just saying that because I am a huge baseball fan, but I imagine uh, if if NFL teams think that you're not really going to go all out for the NFL, then that would actually affect 
your your draft status. I'd imagine it would a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are here saying baseball's in the past for you right now. Yeah, I'm. You know, I've been. Uh, up front with them from the beginning, letting them know that, that okay. football is where my heart is, and and that's what I want to pursue. And and now I have the opportunity to do that. Could you hit the curveball? That that's one thing I probably would have had to work on a little bit. Is that right? A little bit. Yeah, Center yeah. field. That's what you Center play. Field, okay, yeah. and that, and and that is what translates into a four five nine forty time for a quarterback at the combine. That was that's eye popping stuff right there, Jake. I, what 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 can you tell people who haven't seen a lot of Pac ten football? Is your forte under center being a quarterback? Uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I think I've come a long ways in the last couple of years mm-hmm. as far as a pocket passer. Um, but I, you know, I still have some strides to make on that, and that's what I'm working on right now. Um, but I think uh, you know, my, my strengths lie in the fact or in the ability to throw on the run. I've always been comfortable on the run, and mm-hmm. I believe I'm very accurate on the run. Um, I have the arm strength to make the throws that I'll be asked to make at the next level. And, uh, you know, I think the last thing is I have the ability to improvise and, and use the speed that I've been given um, uh, to create when maybe plays break down mm-hmm. and get outside the pocket and, and put pressure on the defense in a different way maybe. Which quarterbacks do you see in the NFL right now that you say that my game could be similar to that one right now? Uh, ones I like to watch. <clears throat> I really enjoy watching. Uh, yeah, I loved watching Brett Favre when he played um, mm-hmm. just because he, he played with a passion. Really enjoyed the game. I love watching Aaron Rodgers. I think he plays the same way. Mm-hmm. And they both were able to use their feet to their advantage. Um, I think that uh, uh, Michael Vick is obviously a guy that had came a long ways and, and mm-hmm. did a great job last year. I thought that uh, uh, when he got his opportunity to play, he really took advantage of it and, and didn't abuse his ability to run, but, but used it as a weapon. And that's something that you, you can do as well as what you think. That's something that you, you're looking forward to adding to the dimension to your game in the NFL. Picking up that first down with your feet. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. By the way, uh, you need to be careful using the past tense when you refer to Brett Favre because you never know. <laughs> I just noticed you referred to him as when he played. You never know, man. He could be. He could be making a phone call right now. Yeah, he could be. He could be. So he's. Uh, listen, man. It's it's good to meet you here at here at NFL Network. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and doing that. And you. Uh, any last words to say to fans out there that are thinking maybe my team should go get Jake Locker? Uh, no, man. Just uh, uh, enjoy the process like we are. And, uh, um, you know, if I get the opportunity to go play for the, the team that you guys root for, uh, you know, I promise you I'll, I'll give it all I got and, and give them uh, my best. So. Fantastic. Thanks for giving me your Thank best you. here. You Appreciate it. it. You bet. That's Jake Locker here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's.
That's Jake Locker, everybody. Jake Locker joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Now it's time for the Hot Topic segment, uh, the darling of this podcast. People can't get enough Kara Henderson joining me on the podcast once again. Good to see you, Kara Henderson. I think you oversell that. When you get, like, you're the one, darling. You're the darling you, you of the podcast. You get one tweet from, I, my, from no, my uncle. No, not one tweet. from Not your <laughs> uncle either. At, people internationally. Whenever I say Karen Henderson's on the podcast, they like it. They love they love them some you. You know why? Why? Because I give you a really hard time. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Perhaps it's your own sparkling personality. Speaking that of comes which, through. we have someone and else now, who's very good at that. Now joining the podcast for the very first time, I am honored to have future Hall of Famer Marshall <clears throat> Falk on the Rich Eisen podcast. Thank you, Rich. You it, know, it, it, this is this is my <laughs> You're just no, laughing. No, I'm laughing already. Am I'm laughing already. Sorry? Joining you for the first time, but it's mm-hmm. my very first podcast. You've never been on a podcast never. before. You know what's funny? He didn't even know you had one. He's been sitting next really? to you. Yeah, all all season long on game day morning. Never Here's, heard you, you mention it. You want to know when it. I found out? When? When I downloaded it on iTunes. Is that right? Yes. The, for the very first time? <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I know that guy. Sarah, Sarah, uh, uh, I don't know if you have it at the ready, but fire up the uh, fire up the promo for the podcast. And just in case Sarah put this together, she's uh, one of the, the fabulous uh, uh, production staff members behind this podcast. There's, there's, it's, it's a network. I'm sure it's a hardworking team. It's a hardworking team. Uh, Sarah put this together. If, in case you didn't know, I had a podcast. Roll it. Go for it. In three, two, the Rich Eisen Podcast. Join the podcast once again. Thanks for listening to the Rich Eisen Podcast. Lots of fun, this podcast. But he was on the, the podcast. I don't know if you I know I you have, have a, a podcast. podcast? Yes. Podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> Ten times. <laughs> Do you keep in check? Ten uh, times. Oh boy. How many times have you heard him mention the podcast on game day morning sitting next to him, would you say? Seriously. Have have you ever mentioned the podcast on game day morning? <laughs> Oh dear! Well, I must have, you know, I must have missed. But it. how many promos for in my pod? How many promos Marshall? for my podcast did you see on NFL Game? Marshall, in case all you season missed long, it. In case did you see? You did it. you see? Did you see one? Maybe one? Maybe? So if not me, who? No. If not now, no. then when? No, I didn't. I, That's I did my not, philosophy. I, I, exactly. Promote you. Don't you think? Promote you. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great to be on, man. I'm. I don't know. It took you so long to invite me. Well, you know, Marshall, it's you're a busy okay. man. It's you're a okay. busy man. It's okay. You're, you're, it's okay. You're being shrined. It's okay. How are the preps going for that? It's going well. Yeah? It's, it's going well. What do you work? I mean, so uh, did you get your, your jacket fitted? Did you get that already? Um, when does that happen? That Monday. <laughs> like, you were announced Saturday. Saturday. Of Super Bowl weekend. Uh, yes. Sunday. We worked the whole Sunday. Yes, Monday, uh, there's a meeting. Um, where they take your jacket measurements, uh, they they kind of give you all the parameters of uh, of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and they need some things from you that day, and then they give you some deadlines of things that they need. Um, they do all the crazy measurements for the bus. They take some pictures of you. You had your head measured by yes. the hall. Yes. Wow. And no and I have a big head. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Hall of Famer. It's confirmed I, now. That I have a measure. big head. I mean, I'm going into the Hall of Fame. Like, can you not have a big? How head? could you not? I mean, yeah. and your head only gets bigger <laughs> as you as you're now. Do they have two spots? Because you know how for your head, do they have like two spots in it's the big. thing? It's, like big. it's that big. It's big. <laughs> you take up one whole row. It's big. Your bust is going to take up one whole. I row? I need a whole row. And so we're, we're all the Hall of Famers. In yeah, this meeting? yeah, yeah. You, Dion, Richard Dent, every, all every yes. Um, don't. Ed wasn't there, obviously. He doesn't travel well. And um and uh and uh and and Les is obviously, you know, deceased. Yes. So he's passed. Other than everybody was there. 
No kidding. Everyone. What was, was that like when you're in the room for the first time with everybody? Um, that you know, you're going to be. You know, it's. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if I'm supposed to be giving this up, but you know, you're in this room, and uh, and the committee members, uh, they're, they're in this room, and, and they're introducing their, you know, themselves, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I don't know these people, but, and you have to stand up and introduce yourself, and I'm like. Well, you just voted me in. What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who I am? Who's that one up there with um, the big head? Who's that guy? <laughs> but I got up and uh, and I just kind of felt mm-hmm. the need to let them know that it was an honor for me because, um, and, and, and I don't know about the other guys that are going in this year and that, that are in right now, mm-hmm. but... Um, I know that there's very few people that are fans of like football and the NFL and maybe grew up how I grew up loving the Saints and dealing with football. You know, you win at some point in time. Mm-hmm. We finally won at what was it two years ago at the Super Bowl. We we finally won a Super Bowl, you know, let alone uh, we, we hadn't won a playoff game before then. So um, it was just uh I wanted them to know how honored I was, you know, regardless of how difficult I, I, I will be for them from that point moving forward. Like, I am honored. <laughs> you gave them a heads up about how difficult yes, you're yes, going to be. Yes. Um, and, and then there's Dion. You know, Dion. Did Dion stand up and say, I'm Dion Sanders? He did. He did. And um, and like Dion, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not that big for him. Mm-hmm. But he let everyone know that it is this big for his mother. Like, this is for his mom. This is it. Right. By the way, I knew when you know, being the host of the announcement show, you know, uh, having Marshall and Dion there on the stage together, I knew I had to get one of them to tear up. You had to firestone one of them. I had to firestone one of them. I had to do it. And when Marshall came to the stage, I just could feel the emotion. Seriously. That from was you, good. You that was good. I, it was. It and, was... And, and I knew I knew I took a chance. I took a chance because maybe your mom wasn't by the phone or something like that. Yeah, it was. I went. I went. Did you speak to your mom? And and that was. And yeah. you and you waved. You waved your finger at me. Right. I, don't know right. If you I gave you the matumbo. Like you uh, gave me the matumbo. Uh, like you. Uh, you. Yeah. You. You, you yeah. waved your finger at me. And you know, I'm I'm always emotional when I talk about my mom because right. um I mean it's like a lot a lot was done for me and my brothers. For us, for me to be where I'm at, so you know, it was like mm-hmm. my brothers too. I mean, they kind of paved they paved the way and like, okay, don't do this, don't do that. Kick me in the butt, twist my arm, made sure I stayed in the right line, and things went right for me. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm thankful for my family. We thankful, all, very. We were all on pins and needles. Oh, I, I mean, you, it's funny. It's, you know, it's just, you know, it's going to happen, but you just gosh. Until it does. I mean, for us, this this yeah. August, I almost don't want to cover it. I just want to go as a friend of Marshall, uh, FOM, a friend you, of Marshall. You want to tap out? Can you tap I out? I don't. I don't <laughs> want to tap out, but it's you know, it's it's it, an interesting it's an interesting thing for us to cover. The funny part is, you know, as a friend and we work together, as friends and we work together, you look at my career and you say, okay, there's no way he cannot be in, and he should be in, and you mm-hmm. feel that way. Yeah, no doubt. Now I played those games, and I understand, and I know what went into. Um, me preparing to do what I did, and, and I'm sure um, when teams were playing against us, what they felt like they had to do to stop us, how much detail. Because mm-hmm. when you're playing, you can tell by certain things that you would do. It's like, okay, they, they were ready for that. So you understand what you what, what you meant to your team and kind of to the game and sort of what kind of effect you had on the game. But still, all in all, you know, we talked about it all week. How do you feel? I was like, I'm fine. 
but five, about three or four minutes mm. before they started calling off yeah. the list. It was like, wow. Like, am I going to hear my name? It's the weirdest feeling. I well, hadn't especially felt... for you. You were someone, I, I don't think I'm outstepping my bounds by saying this, as, mm. as we're all friends. You, you like to control things. Yeah. So to have something that is so <laughs> no completely doubt. out of your control... You did what you could do, but exactly, and 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 it was like totally out of your control. Exactly, one hundred percent. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I've sat on this on, on this for the last five years, Rich, and we mm-hmm. talk about Hall of Fame every year. Come around, and I'm like, yeah, we need to have criteria. Guys need to know. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> just you're setting yourself up. <laughs> I'm like, uh, for yourself. No, but I'm I'm just now saying. Now you're in. Screw the criteria. Well, I'm just saying. I, I, I was I was saying those things, and I'm wondering if the guys in the room were thinking. He thinks we need criteria. He oh, thinks we need more you. football guys in, right? No, I don't know. So you know, all of those thoughts thought thought they they go through your head, and you're like, well, boy, what am I? How, how do I feel? What do mm-hmm. I do? I mean. The only thing that I've felt that was like that was um, kickoff before Super Bowl. Like, standing there, and the ball's getting ready to get kicked off, and, and offense is going on the field. That feeling was, was similar. Sweaty palms. like Heart beating out of your chest. You know what? It's not a fast. It's just, like, deep. It's like, boom, boom. Mm. Boom, boom. <laughs> you know, you can feel it. It's, uh, I was standing up there like... Wow, this is taking long. I've been told that that you're going to get the same feeling before you deliver your speech in Canton. That it's the same feeling. Now, obviously, I don't know. you know you know the outcome. You can control your speech. You've got that all within your control. But I'm told that that moment, you know, because all the guys in the uh, in the Ray Nitschke luncheon that you're going to be part of for the very first of however many times you care to be part of it for the rest of your life, uh, it's that luncheon where all the Hall of Famers meet. Uh, I believe it's the Friday of that weekend, and you get hazed. And certainly, since there are no quarterbacks in your group, it looks like Deacon will come. Because if there's a quarterback, Deacon doesn't like coming. And, you know, Deacon, oh, you Deacon, go well he, back. Oh, Deacon, he is coming. Deacon, you know, you, you know, you and Deacon are tight. There's no way. There's no, I mean, there's no way Deacon will miss this opportunity. Deacon, um, we argue about, you um, argue? No way. Deacon and I, when we talk Rams, <laughs> like who's the more popular Ram? Oh. So, uh-huh. so there's How does no that way, argument go? There's no way. We also <laughs> argue about if we played in the same era, what it would have been like, whether that been his era or my era. I what? smell a segment, by the way, right? I do smell a segment. I, um, I love, Let's love, love in. me some Deacon yeah. Jones, man. I love Deacon. He lives um, locally. He right? loves Dion too. He and Dion right. And, and so and, and and him and Shannon Sharp in the same room too for the How next great is that? But you can't say anything. Deacon's I welcome have the floor and I he is welcome, haze you. Welcome the opportunity to sit there and be hazed by any Hall of Famer. That's amazing. I will it's sit there so and I will take cool. it. It is so cool. You know what was cool? Super Bowl. I'm standing on the, the sidelines of the Super Bowl, which uh-huh. in and of itself is pretty great when you're down watching the game at eye level. And on one side over my right shoulder, mm-hmm. I've got Marshall Falk. Right. Over my left shoulder, I've got Richard Dent. And I'm sitting there watching mm-hmm. 
the Super Bowl through the eyes of these two guys. And Rich, you know as well as anyone, we call Marshall Nostradamus when we sit and watch football with him because right. or Rain it's Man. like Rain it's Man. like the it's, you know it how is. many you know how many matchsticks have fallen like, on the floor. It's like that book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, mm -hmm. where there's just certain people who have done something or have this capacity where they can see. You know, it's not like 11 or 22 players. It's they see the whole field at one time. Right. And you sit there and watch a game with Marshall, and he's going to tell you what's coming next. And every time, I mean, it's 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 pretty it's remarkable. It's uncanny. It is. And people who talk about Marshall in this vision, this concept of vision that mm -hmm. running backs have, that's what they talk about. Like, just that he's one of the smartest football players ever to play. What'd you, what did you but predict for the Super Bowl, this, though? It, it wasn't a prediction. What did he say? What did he say? Watch. It, it really wasn't a prediction. Here comes another Jordy Nelson drop. Oh. It wasn't about that. Why are you going to call out the man that... Well, I'm just trying I to mean, figure out what, what what's the one aspect of that Super Bowl that he If Jordy Nelson were to walk into this room, I think he would flash a ring finger at you. He would. That one. Well, no, actually, it would be the middle finger, probably. But he'd probably put the ring on it. No, I'm sorry, Jordy. Listen, man, Jordy, Jordy, <laughs> last time I checked, this Jordy, Jordy, had a podcast? A, Jordy had a heck of a you know, Super Bowl. I know, he had 150 For, for a yards. guy who was not expecting to be a part of that All game. All right, I should have chosen something No, 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 else. no, no, you picked Jordy, and Jordy's sitting at home saying, thank you, Rich Eisen. Why? You think he listens to the podcast? I don't know if he does. <laughs> I think we've got to give him a heads up now. Listen. Oh, boy. <laughs> I stepped in it. This is what happened. Um, I already games... pissed off Clay Matthews, by the way. Did you really? Well, when he came oh, on the yeah, podcast, he when he came on, when he, I don't know if he knows, I had a podcast. When he came on, one of the first things I said to him is that I asked him how he's been feeling because he hasn't been that much of a, as of much of a factor in the last few weeks as he had in the first few weeks of the season. He took that as, as a swipe. What do you mean I haven't been a factor? Yeah, how do you know? It all stems it was back awkward. to when you did. It was very, very it awkward. It all stems back to you the internship. He and, doesn't, he, Rich and, doesn't remember him here, as an And subsequently, because he was he was a friend of the podcast. If you know, uh, remember at uh, Media Day, he called me out from, oh, yeah. the, from the podium right. saying I was an awful, you know, when he was an intern here, it was awful and whatever. He spit so, in your coffee. So they were trying to get, they were trying to get, um, you know, Clay to come in nope. here. And so they said, Rich, can you, can you reach out to him? So I direct messaged him on Twitter and I got a message back. Which was good because if he didn't drag, if he, if he, if he, if he, the message that I unfollowed got back, you, he defollowed. <gasps> I couldn't get the message through to him. You know, Rich, um, oh, no. it comes back from Twitter. You, in order to get the direct message, you must be followed. Clay oh. Matthews the third, defollowed my ass. What's going to happen next? I believe your podcast. What happens after reached the masses more than you think? You affected him winning Defensive Player of the Year, but he didn't win it. You exactly no because you said that he hadn't been affected. Don't even stir it up. Like you that. said that he had not been affected. Yeah, but he 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 hadn't been effective. He was. I didn't say he was not as effective. What did you say? I said he wasn't as much of a factor. Same same. Well, he was hurt. I same, thought it, that same, was same, my right? way of trying to ask: Are you playing hurt? Because I know if you ever ask a player, "Are you playing hurt?" What the answer is going to be? We all play hurt. We all play hurt. Right, right, right. We all play hurt. I didn't yeah. want to get the that that straightforward answer. It was my. Yeah, in artful you, you, way you, you, of trying to get an answer out of him, and what I did is I think it started and, to piss him off. For and, and he came on the set after on game day final. At just the think Super about Bowl. it, Rich. It was fun. Rich, Rich, it was just, good. But just think about it. So you, basically, you're ticking off you, the entire. Yeah, Jordy Nelson Packers. just defollowed me. I don't even know if he was following me or not. You, <laughs> yes, you do. You would know. No, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. You made Clay Matthews the third. Mm -hmm. um, Finish second in the voting. Yes, that is horse. Let's, that's, let's, that's, let's that's think horse, about it now. You know think why. about it. 
Because he would not admit that he was hurt and everybody knew yeah. Troy was hurt. Mm. Yeah. And Troy won it. Ooh. No, that's not Rendered true. Your podcast. No. I don't think no, you know no, the no. masses that you reach <laughs> with your podcast. Do I have a podcast? I don't even know if I have a podcast. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know I have a book as well. <laughs> and and I'm opening the book. I do I'm open, know this about is the open, book. This is called the Open the Books podcast. I have opened my book. Anyone can read it. Rich, guess what? What? I did know that you have a book. That I, <laughs> yes. That was the podcast before I had a podcast. Yes. It's my book. It was. Four years ago. That's my that's my book, by the way. I'm opening my books, uh, um, uh, hardcover book? and paperback. You have, oh, okay. So that's books. Yeah, right all there. right. Yeah, I haven't written a second one yet. Why not? You know what I loved about your book tour? Yeah, why haven't you written a second one? I don't want to. <laughs> Actually, because my office has now been turned into my uh, now older son's room. It's funny, where the computer used to sit, I'm feeding his three fish every day. It's a totally different world that I live in right now. So there will, there's not going to be a second book. Not for a time. What it could be you, like a kid's book. Or like one with dogs it in be. it. It could be. <laughs> you could have dogs. Written for you're, dog scared. you're scared of my dog, aren't you? You know I am. <laughs> I'm scared of your you dog. Know okay, we have to. We have to. He's the sweetest dog in the world. Listen, he does no, bark no, 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 crazy no, when he yeah, comes to the house. Let me go this first. Let me go first. Go, go ahead. Okay, so so you guys know Marshall does not like dogs, and a lot of people he do who like grew up dogs. in the, no, he does not. A lot of people who grew up in Marshall's environment, dogs were not necessarily friendly. Friendly, mm -hmm. and so you know he does not like your dog. He does not like any dog. You want to take it, your dog is different than every other dog. So we yeah. go over for dinner, mm. to, dinner. The, to the Schuster Eisens. Yes. And <laughs> as Marshall calls your, your okay. household. Okay. Correctively named. All right. Correctly All right. named. Uh -huh. and, and he runs we're out eating every dinner. Time. Uh -huh. We're eating dinner at the table, and here comes Hudson. And Marshall gets a different look on his face. I just know this, like, Marshall tenses. He gets this tense, like, kind of like... <laughs> And he, and he looks out of the corner of his eyes, like, kind of like, that dog's there in me. But he does tricks. Listen. Right? Am I wrong? Listen. He does this is, the this dog is doesn't do anything. He the does best. tricks. So every time I'm at their house, whenever I walk in the room, that dog beelines to me. <laughs> I don't care where I'm at. Because he wants to make it's amends. It's one of the tricks. I think it's he one wants, of the tricks. He wants to make amends listen. for all other dogs. Listen. So I think that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to build. Which is funny because your dog trying to build build any other dog. So I mean, any other person. Your dog that could care less if exactly. I rolled over. Exactly. So he's Rich, aloof. He is somewhat aloof. He tries to explain to me. Uh, Hudson the dog. He's just nice trying to build bridges. This dog is. Yes. All right. So <laughs> one day, one day, I go to I go to Rich's house to drop something off. Yes. I walk up to the gate. Uh oh! Oh, the dog comes running. And I Hudson's on the out. porch. He's a it's dog just too. Hudson and I. I'm like, oh, he likes you. You're up out of your chair right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm calling for the nanny. It's Rich home. <laughs> so the best is then Rich brings the dog into the studio, right? Yeah. On, on on a game day Sunday. So poor Marshall, who thought he finally found mm. his 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 place to sit. He's a children's hospital therapy. The dog. best. It's the day that I went I over to his house. Brings love to sick children. And his house had a play date with a with a with a with a gorilla <laughs> named Archie. <laughs> that couldn't stop He's farting in the house. This dog kept a one hundred and twenty pound Leon bird. Uh, <laughs> he kept farting. I'm like, what but is Archie that? Was, Archie was may he rest in peace. Was one of the sweetest animals. He was a gorilla. <laughs> he was Chewbacca. 
<laughs> he was huge. He was absolutely huge. And we brought him around here once, too, because we, we would always sit for Archie's own uh, Why do you dad. bring dogs into, the, into work? Well, um, I don't so know. They're like a bring dog in the work day? Uh, there used to be no such thing. And no. there still isn't. But uh, sometimes, uh, you it's know, Hudson. I do. He's not a dog. Yeah, he's not a dog. dog. He's not a dog. He's... I love Hudson, by the way. And the... you have you have. I have two, two dogs. dogs. I do. And you've never had a dog. Nope. But, but if Marshall, nope. if you come over to my house, I'll put, I'll put the dogs somewhere else. Cool. So you don't have to. Cool. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, you were giving me the rest of the song. Uh, do we talk football at all or no? Do we you know to... what? I want to talk football. because I, 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 You know what left. was making me think about this as you were talking about your book? Um, uh, what's the name of that book again? It's called Total Access, A Journey to the Center of the NFL <laughs> Universe. And again, uh, anyone Is who wants to... Is it available on Amazon? It, they're, all, they're fully audited. Did you have to... Anybody who wants to see my books, I will open, I will open my books. So did, how did, did, you... did the book make a lot of money if, while we're talking about opening or, the books? Um, no, not at all. <laughs> did, did, you have to, did you have to pay the NFL to use that name, Total Access? No, I didn't. I didn't. Just checking. I didn't. So, Why? So, Why? What's the problem? Just wondering. No, it wasn't called NFL Total Access. It was called Total Access. Steve Sable wrote the forward, and I wrote all about our experience together. About you, you hosing me at the Pro Bowl. Oh, Still, one of the so many people's ever. favorite stories in the history of, <laughs> and I'm of the network. And I'm one of the few that actually witnessed it from uh, its beginning. First hand. First hand. There's so many of those stories. Germination though. all the way through to the end. That's uh that that's many people's favorite part of the book was you shining was good. the room number. It was good. Oh, us on the road. I don't think people quite understand. I think they see us on air. They mm -hmm. know we're kind of friends, but they don't have a concept of how much fun it is and how much fun we have with each other. No doubt. When we go on the road. Even if we no were on, even if we were on K Street with you. <laughs> Last couple of weeks, freezing, what are you freezing saying? in front of the mediation center. You, my we could have the, fun there too. Let's let's not talk about my time in the street corner, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Lockenfora, you or and Jason hang, and I hanging with Albert Breer on NFL Network Street <laughs> Corner. So, so the point I was getting back yes, to. So when point. we went, when we were, I remember when we were in uh, at the Pro Bowl, mm -hmm. and you guys, you had one of your book um, signings. Yes, and Marshall was with in you Hawaii. as he was several times. And the, some of the things, it's funny, as, you know, Marshall, I think, I, I, you're one of my best friends, and there's still stories that come out, like, people ask, and you're like, I had no idea. Right. Like, the story of you running with your dad on the sidelines of the football game. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was one of the first times you remember being a running back in a game, and you were looking over, you thought you were scoring a touchdown, and you looked over, and your dad. Mm -hmm. Tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you want to make me cry? See, I've already done it. Who told you that story? You told us did that I? story at that book signing. At the book signing. You did. Really? You did. Yeah, you actually opened yourself up. We were like, this is the open, this is the open book This is the open podcast. the books podcast, Marshall. Open the books. Come on, Marshall. I told that story. I can't believe I told that story. Um, it's the first time you remember being a running back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was. Now you guys are making me think about my father. I'm not going to cry on your radio show, Rich. Okay. It's I'm a podcast. It's podcast. okay. Tell it's a podcast. No. Can you can't no. tell the story? Not right now. It was, um, yeah, not right now. Tell it at the Hall of Fame. Will you? It's that personal. It is. Wow. Well, only because, only because, um, you know, just, just lately when you go through all this stuff, you know, like Hall of Fame, it's like you're sitting down, you're thinking about who you're going to invite and who's going to come and who's not going to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, you just start to reflect on... You know, how you got where you are and uh, the things that you remember. And I was like, it was, it, 
I'll tell you about it. But it's just funny that 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 story. Look at you pushing buttons, Kara Henderson. Pushing buttons. That's, maybe we should. Re- I, w- I didn't mean to push it that hard. See, maybe this we should. No, you didn't. It's usually you didn't. when people. That's when usually. It, it, it's not. A, it, it's, it wasn't like a push button, but it's like like. It, it's funny that you brought that up because that story was just, it was just fresh because while working on my speech, mm. um, I was just talking, I'm working with Arthur and I, we're working on some stuff Arthur and Joseph. I was just, yeah, and we were just on that part of it. And So um, you will be, this story that Kara just brought up will be part of your speech at the Pro Football there's Hall of a, Fame. There's a part of it that, that is, right. and, uh, and I was trying to, I was, I was trying to explain to Arthur, okay, I need to tell this story in a manner that it's not so emotional, mm-hmm. but people do understand it. Why do you need it to not be so emotional? Because I want to get through the speech. I mean, I, I want to get through the speech. Okay. So my, but- my parents are just, you know, my, my parents are, um, they, uh, I mean, I was a, I was a bad child. I mean, I had a rough child upbringing, you know, it was like, it was a lot of people pushing me around and, you know, whipping me into shape to, to do the Because you were right the youngest. Thing. Yes. The youngest of six boys. So, um, you know, you, you think you know it all. And um, a lot of lessons were taught. And, um, and my parents, I mean, they, they, they sacrificed, a, sacrificed a lot for me to just play sports. I mean, my brothers, they're great athletes, but we didn't, you know, my parents didn't have the money at times to, for all six of us to play sports. They just, they, just, they just couldn't afford it. So if you can't pay for one, you can't pay. And sometimes my brothers would say, well, let him play. And, you know, it's it, just those kind of things. And, um, all of, it'll be, you guys will hear it. See, it's a you guys tease. will hear it. It's a tease. It's good. So in terms of opening the books here, where this is a, a fully redacted I I told story. story. It's a fully redacted story. See? Maybe okay. not, it's fully audited uh, by Arthur Joseph, but we have redacted for the open the books. I'm just trying to bring it all, it's all good. under it's one all good. You're just trying to show your vocabulary. It's all good. It's all redacted. redacted. Well, that's all, the, that's all I'm hearing. Talking to uh, the hunky Gabe <laughs> Feldman on NFL Talks. Look at you trying to tell me the I have a crush on our legal Gabe expert. <laughs> wow. Why does he want to call Karen me Anderson's out for g- having crushes on people, Marshall? Do I really, I mean, I, I, do I talk about stuff that you yeah, know? You talk I, about my prom night every two seconds, you have an opportunity you to. You never told the story. No, I'm not, that's fully You redacted. know why? Because I promised that's your wife. That's not in the book. That's not you in the book. You know why? Because I promised your wife that I would not bring it up on air because she, it, just, it makes her sick <laughs> Your stomach, <laughs> and I have to go home. I have to yeah, go home. She still has to be married. Sort of like the commissioner says that the, the the union and and the league will have to be married once again. It's going to happen. The question is how you move forward. Are you trying to bring this all again? Back I'm bringing together? it all together. You're just trying to make sure that I don't go somewhere and with you sure that you Marshall, don't want to go. Marshall refuses to say the L word. You won't even say. It. Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm ask, I'm actually going to tap out. On the conversation. No, 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 no. You don't have to tap on oh, any yeah. conversations on the air. Yeah. Just when you're when you're on no, the no, air, not, he's not just not trying to go through. He's trying to go through any conversation without saying the word lockout. Pretty much. I think we should have a lock in, like a, like a <laughs> podcast, like a big lock in, like you do, like in the One south, big sixties lock in. When, when you're in the south, when you're growing up, they have these like church lock ins, and you go, and my dad never let me go. <laughs> Don, you never let me go. One and of, you spend all night at the. You spend all night uh-huh. and go bowling and go to the movies and. My dad was so, so strict. He never let me go. Yeah, you don't let your daughter lock in. No, that's it. He he knows well enough to know that <laughs> there's no good. Go to... <laughs> that even at a church, there's no good that can come from a lock-in. What about so fa- that's my suggestion that's to you. A lock-in. A, a Rich Eisen podcast lock-in. Who's the, who would be the guests on the lock-in? You've got 24 hours. You can do a 24-hour lock-in with all kinds of guests. Mm. Deacon Jones lives nearby. I think we smell a nice segment with who's, he and Marshall. Who's the guy that does the Aflac? 
Oh, Gilbert Gottfried he got, got canned. Yeah. I know for his tweets on Japan. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. What made yeah. you think of that? I don't know where did you get just... the Affleck duck from the lock-in conversation. Yeah, I mean, this is your your mind's all over the place. Is yeah, that is that in your speech that... too? Is that no, with Arthur no, Joseph? No. Gilbert Gottfried won't no. make your speech. No, I just you know you watch the news and you, you see things, especially in L.A. You know, I come up here I, when I'm at home in San Diego. I don't watch the news. When I'm in L.A., I watch the news. So mm-hmm. when I'm up here in L.A., I watch the news. Just like I don't know if you saw the <laughs> the thing that went viral on UCLA campus about the student who like was upset. She was in the library and she got upset that like some 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 kids kept getting on the phone, and she. She went, went, she went she went medieval? She went oh, medieval? Oh, my God. It, it was crazy. I mean, they... <laughs> in, in, in a library? Yes. No, she went... She she was on... She taped something and put it on YouTube about... People on the phone. On the phone in the oh, library. Oh. And, a... and, and um, her choice of words were not good, although she was right about wanting peace and quiet in the library. In the library. Um, she... Her choice of words... Was it were, negative? Uh, maybe that's another lock-in guest right there. Right. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, the, the UCLA the library uh, woman. This does not sound. This is this is not the vision not that good. I have. No, in, so in we're mind. we're off. We're off track. We're off. We're track. Track. We're off, we're off the, you know, I, and the funny thing is, watching. If we do this lock-in. Yes. And we're here. Who, who's your sponsor? Who? Uh, Papa John's. Are you going to feed us? They will always feed us. Okay. I'm if you tell it. me which pizza you want, it's You know what it's I love? You looked time. on the ground to see, like, where am I putting my sleeping bag or something? Yeah. Well, that was exactly what you were thinking. You're like, what? <laughs> Did you see that? He was, like, totally like, I'm going to figure all out where I'm going to. I will come prepared. <laughs> Speaking of lock-in, you know, because we were always uh, waiting for your reports over the past week As and I half was waiting from for, mediation. For waiting, Goodell or right, Godot anybody, or wait, yeah, yeah, waiting for Godot slash Goodell to come out of the mediation. <laughs> uh, we're, we're told in our ears, we're on the air live, Jeff Pash is going to come out soon. So we're having a conversation, me and Lombardi, as we're trying to fill time. Why are you bringing me back to these for times? For Jeff Pash to come out the times. door. And I see peripherally out of my eye as Lombardi's talking, Pash on the shot that's that we're about to take live, Pash is now choosing the wrong door to come out of mediation and he couldn't open the door that Jeff Pash was locked in. <laughs> and I'm like, we've got to be able to show this shot as Pash is like jostling the door, <laughs> trying to get out of media. He was locked in at mediation. And I'm like, I don't know if we can do that. Well, I guess we'll just save it for the podcast. Well, we, a we, already, later. we came up with it. One, so we, we had what, probably a two hour conversation last night over the dinner that the three of us went with, mm. with Susie, your mm. wife. And none of, the things that we talked about over dinner, we decided could come yeah, out. No, the nothing with podcast with none except for one thing, and I was trying to remember what it was. I don't know. I have no idea. The fact that uh, I picked up the check. That, that was that, really nice. Was that you, you, you do was that. that it? You, I mean, you do that. I don't know. Was that what it was? Was that what first. it was? No. That, Again, that's, that's, that's I'm opening the books. I'm opening. The Marshall books. just had a soup, though. He only had a soup. That's it. Yeah. All right, we got to cut this short. Why? What? It's Where'd actually not short. We're cutting it long. We've got a meeting to get to. We meeting for what? Uh, NFL Total Access. This is, we're, we're, we're taping the podcast on a show day as well. The Kara Henderson came on our off day to come in just to chat off with us. Off day you wanna do? We'll have to do this again. We'll have to do this again. When are you working Total Access next? May? When, when's your next Total Access? May? Really? June? What? When is it? When is it? I don't know. Tell me what, you don't I, know. I, I right? No you don't know currently sitting here in I, March when I, your next show day is, right? I don't know. It's good to be Marshall Falk. 
What what what, what, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I don't what does know. it mean? I mean, I I'll, to, I'll be here three days. I'll be here three days next week. Five I can go days check the schedule. I can go walk across the street and check the schedule. Do you know what it is? I don't know. I can go walk. across Are you the street. on for the next? You know, you're going to be if you're on for the next. I don't couple know, Rich. Rich, listen. I'm. I, I, I live in no San Diego. Knows. See, I live in San Diego. Right if some if, if something happens, you don't watch need, the news. Hey, there. Marshall, come come in. Come in. Hey, can you come in? Can you fill in? Classy San Diego. All right. Thank you for your mate. How do you feel in your maiden podcast voyage? It's fun, isn't it? Now. You, you have a greater appreciation. Can I get a podcast, Rich? You could absolutely. Yeah. I would listen to it. Hey. I'd appear on it. I would. I would. I would encourage it. I think we should be creative. We're expanding here at time. NFL Medium. Yes. I think Dave Damashek's going to get a podcast. Is, is your podcast a part of the NFL? Yeah, it's the NFL Media. This is the first official. So why don't podcast they advertise the a podcast? I don't know. We need to get on that. Okay. We need to get on that, Marshall. Right. There's a lot of stick poking going on in this room. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> All right, that's all Marshall Falk. All I did was fight. Question, you just that's all. put it out there to have a crush on our legal analyst. Follow, Thanks for that. Follow uh, the, the legal analyst crusher on Twitter, at Kara Henderson. <laughs> we went to Duke crusher. together. Oh, stop it. And uh, follow Marshall <laughs> Falk it. on Twitter, at Marshall Falk. That's really you tweeting, too, right, Marshall? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's you, really you. Are you back? Because you were, you were not there so long. <laughs> I was. I was. Be careful. There you was get two, the blue check two. mark. You get the blue check mark from Twitter. That means it's you. That means it's verified. It's verified. Meaning that he's actually <laughs> pressing the buttons or that he's authorizing. At Marshall Falk on Twitter. He's on it. He's there. He's on it. Uh, I want to thank Peter King, who is at SI underscore Peter King. Jake Locker's not on Twitter. Uh, if he was, I- I'd mention it. Um, that's it for this Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. As Marshall Falk would say, help control the pet population. Please have. <laughs> Your pets spayed or neutered? No, let it let it let it ride. <laughs> let it ride. Let it ride. Let it says ride. Marshall Falk when it comes to helping control the pet population. Why would you do Bob that? Bob Barker dude? would if you say love differently. An animal, why would you nude or spayed? Because it? Why? Oh, because no, really? No. Why would you really? do that to an animal? You knew That's this animal you knew, cruelty. You knew when you started poking mm, that stick. This was uh, this is not right. That's not right, Rich. All right. Uh, <laughs> Not right. Next week, the I've wheels got, have come off. I, I might. Did you do that to us? Next week, I've got some good. Uh, yes, of course you did. You took his balls. All right, that's it. Oh, no longer a man. That's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. We've got a good week set for next week as well. Stay tuned for those guests on uh, Twitter. Sorry, Eisen. Also, follow me on Facebook.com/slash Rich Eisen. And who say dot com slash rich eyes and slash pictures. You can see some pictures I've taken of Marshall Falk off camera. That's it for this edition of the podcast presented by Pop Jones. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the game. <laughs> Stay listening.